1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Joining us in studio right now is our good friend David McNabb. He's president and CEO of Adult and Teen Challenge Mid-South. And uh, it's really great to have him in studio because I'm one of his biggest fans. I don't know if he realizes (laughs) this, but just having an opportunity to chat with him in studio. Let me just say it this way. You picked a great time to listen to Mornings with Tom and Tavi. Good morning, David. Wow, that's quite an introduction, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I got a lot to live up to at this point. Absolutely. (laughs) You can do it. You can do it every day. Definitely can. I appreciate that. Uh, David, so many people are struggling with addiction, even Mm -hmm. within the church. And it's the cold season of the year. Sometimes people get more depressed during this time, and that could lead them to make choices that could also lead to addiction, such as maybe over-medicating or using pain meds and things like that. Um, But sometimes there's deeper issues that cause people to reach for that type of self-medicating. What are some of those issues? Oh, my goodness, Toby. The, the, you know, the holiday season is difficult for, for folks that just have just the normal stresses. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe maybe you've lost somebody that was important to you, you know, family member that, you know, Christmas would not be the same. But for, for folks that are stuck in addiction, it is like it's like magnified a thousand times over mm-hmm. uh, because that takes you back. Because we all, we all have memories that, that cause us to reflect during the holiday season. And for many of our guys and girls that have come to us, to our program, uh, those memories in many cases are not pleasant ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's that's the places that perhaps where uh, when they think back to being a child, that's where abuses began. Mm-hmm. That's uh, as as they think about their adolescent years, they're thinking about well, there's where this, that's when their their bad choices began, and they're not they don't feel welcome at Christmas anymore because no. of decisions they've made. So you're exactly right. The 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 darkness and the coldness of the season, um, it causes in many cases to, it, it, like I say, they intensify those feelings of depression, discouragement, being alone. Mm. And in addiction, uh, isolation is, uh, it can be fatal. Uh, for many of us, you know, we say, well, you know, I just wish I had somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. No, uh, to be alone with no one you feel like you can reach out to, it is really difficult to not think that anybody cares uh, that you've, you've put yourself in this position and nobody yeah. wants to be around you anymore the shame of that the the shame of everything you know uh we've had folks that we've talked to in the past that said you know well you know i used to be i used to be uh, responsible for bringing the rolls at thanksgiving dinner Mm -hmm. and it's like they find my family finally got to the realization that they can't count on the rolls anymore because they don't know if i'm going to be there and so you know it's things that we may kind of snicker about but but for the person who's dealing with the shame and the uh, frustration of constantly being uh how you say a failure in the mm-hmm. eyes of those that they okay. love, mm-hmm. uh, it can be a very hard cycle to break out of. Wow. Okay. And you're hearing the voice of David McNabb. He's the president and CEO of Adult Teen Challenge Mid-South. And David, I want to take this just a different direction mm-hmm. for just a moment for those um, who love 
the ones that are struggling through mm-hmm. addiction yeah. and they find themselves maybe taking advantage of, even though they want to help, they begin uh, enabling and they, they, they don't mean to, but they do. It kind of keeps that cycle moving that keeps somebody in that, in their own eyes, maybe that failure role. Right. And it doesn't provide them the way out that they're, they're hoping. Tom, I'm, uh, you know, I'm relatively new to the world of addiction. I mean, it's not a part, something that I grew up in, okay, okay? nor my my children or my family. But the thing that we've that we've seen is that when addiction steps into a family, um, our concept of how you show love gets turned upside down. Mm-hmm. You know, our concept of love is that if uh, the one that, uh, that, uh, that has always depended upon us as parents, the one that we brought into the world, you know, our idea of love is to uh, make sure that they're, that they're fed, make sure they're, they're dry, make sure that they're, they're warm and that what they need to be. So we, we, those basic needs. But when addiction steps in, almost anything and everything we do for them is a means by which we turn down God, the volume of God's voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the example I go back to is a very, is a very basic one in the prodigal son. We don't know how many times uh, that young man was about to put his face in that pig trough. We don't know if it was, he was contemplating it or it was another day of eating with the pigs. We're not, you know, the, the scripture is not, not really clear there. Mm-hmm. But, but we do know that what the scripture says that, you know, he began to think about what he could do if he went back to the father. And he mm-hmm. said he was about to look into the pig's trough. And he says, and suddenly it came to himself. Mm-hmm. And the very next phrase says, because no one gave him anything. Now mm-hmm. we see we see this as grace. We see this as having mercy. We see this as as helping out of the most basic need. But for for someone who's tr- trying to figure out the next step, anything that we do, the paying of a cell phone bill, uh, the paying of insurance, the bringing of a meal, anything that we do that is kind, anything that we would that we would see as being do as being gracious actually relieve some of the pressure that they're about to that they're under right now to make that decision to turn their life around and perhaps mm-hmm. go back to the father and that's the thing that is that is so difficult and it's so uh, uh, counterintuitive for a parent this is my child they're hurting I am they are not going to stay on the street they're not going to go to jail I'm going to make them sh- make sure they don't have to suffer those consequences God uses consequences mm-hmm. and and if there's if any listeners are saying well he just sounds like a cold-hearted guy uh, believe me no. this does not this does not come from a warm place in my heart because we've seen what takes place when even the most basic of kindnesses are shown to our guys and girls who are trying to figure out how do I get out of this hole? Yeah, this is... Go ahead, Tommy, please. Yeah, well, I would say you are coming from a warm place in your heart. It's tough love, (laughs) right, to say, I want to see you actually turn your life around. And part of that means you have to hit rock bottom. Right. And... Oh, it was, it, I hadn't been at I hadn't been at Adult and Teen Challenge probably more than five minutes, and one of our folks in the program said, "You know, I thought I'd hit rock bottom," and he says, "And I when I went out and started shopping for a shovel." And he was making fun of his own circumstance, but he said, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I'd lost everything, but it was like, well, no, no, there's, there's, there's more places I can go that's further down than now. And he says, and that was not intentional. Mm-hmm. He said, it certainly, it wasn't premeditated, but he says, but in my actions said, uh, you don't have anything, but I'm going to continue to go down this road because I don't know what else to do. Who cares? Mm-hmm. And that's a bad place to get when you think, when you say nobody cares. Speaking with our good friend David McNabb, he's the president and CEO of Adult and Teen Challenge Mid-South, and we're learning a lot, not just about addiction, but those things that fuel uh, the cycle of addiction and those things that we think that we're doing to help actually can hinder the process. Talk to us a little bit more about that, David. Mm. Well, 
from a from a from a spouse's standpoint, from a from a parent's standpoint, you know, we want we want the best for those that we love. And that's the bottom line. And when we see those that we love making horrible decisions that we can't unmake for them, Mm -hmm. uh, there are consequences that are going to take place that, unfortunately, for better or worse, they need to take place. Um, And one of the things that we've learned is that consequences, you know, be it – uh, be it a, a fine, be it uh, jail time, be it something, uh, whatever it happens to be, uh, be it uh, being not welcome back into your house for a period of time, those consequences have, have, is, is something that need to play into how we factor out the decision process as far as an, ad, an addict is concerned. You know, to know that I can continue to do this and I will continue to be rescued. Someone is going to come along that's going to see me on the side of the road and they're going to feel like they need to give me money or whatever else. You know, most of us, when we see that, if if we do that, we do that because we feel the Lord telling us that there is a hurting person. But in the process of that, we don't understand the hurting person may be one step of saying, if this person doesn't come by, I'm going to get help. If I have to spend one more night in this street, I'm going to call David at Teen Challenge. I'm going to call Sabrina. I'm going to call down there. I'm going to talk to somebody that's going to get me out of this mess. And then lo and behold, we come along. And it's like somebody somebody gives us one more meal. Somebody gives us one more night of someplace to stay. And you know, and that is the hardest thing. And so I have my heart goes out to anyone with the gift of grace mm-hmm. and the gift of love mm-hmm. uh, who 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 is desiring to do God's will to the least of these. But we really need to listen to the Spirit of the Lord when it comes to that person that we're about to help because we don't know that one person is maybe yes maybe they're about maybe they're maybe they're desperately hungry and they're about to be sick but even more so maybe they're about to make that call maybe they're about to say enough is enough I'm t- I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired I am going to find somebody that can give me some help Mm-hmm. And um, so we have to we have to we have to be sensitive to that. I mean, it's it's a God thing. I mean, yeah. don't hear me being judgment, telling our, our your listeners to be judgmental. I'm mm-hmm. saying listening to the Holy Spirit when it comes to us expressing grace, experience expressing benevolence to someone mm-hmm. that that may be somebody that God is just about to make them, you know, just about to listen to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we reach over there and we kind of turn down that volume by that gift that we give them. Wow. So, Oh, this is so deep. <laughs> I mean, it is, yeah, it is something to really think about and examine. And I'm thinking two things. I'm thinking about a book called How to Help mm-hmm. Without Hurting, mm-hmm. because you have to be thoughtful in how you help. Yes. And I'm also thinking about when Jesus met people who obviously needed help, but he still asked them, what do, do you, you want? want? Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're talking to somebody on, on the side of the road or that looks like they may be in some addiction pattern, maybe to stop and ask, what do you want? Would you like help getting over your addiction? Because mm-hmm. I have a card mm-hmm. to give you. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something. Or would you like a spiritual leader? I can have somebody pick you up for church or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Right, right. Well, well, just just the mere act, the mere act of kindness, and please, please hear me. The act of being kind, uh, you know, is something that, the, the, especially in our country, we're really needful of that right uh-huh. now. So, the idea of being kind is 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 a wonderful thing, and we as a Christians, we've got to do that. But that kindness has got to be a very thoughtful kindness about mm-hmm. what is what is the best thing I can do. Is it for a resource? Is it for a phone number? Is it for is it for a hand up, not a handout? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it is the, it a job? Is it a job? 
job, you know. Mm-hmm. So we've we have so many cases we've seen the sign, you know, we'll work for food. Well, okay, in many cases when those folks have said, Take it, hey, I'll give you a job. Well, no, I don't want a job. And I'm not gonna go down that road. But we know that that they're caught in a they're caught in a place of hurt right now, a place where the decisions have taken them to a bad place where they don't know how to respond even. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you ask them, What do I need? I don't know what I need, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm I've been out here, I'm cold, I'm fed up. You know, I you ask me what I need. Uh man, I need I need a place to sit down right now, someplace mm-hmm. that's warm. That's all they can come up with possibly. Mm-hmm. But once you think about it, once somebody's been kind to them and said, well, maybe they were serious. Maybe that person that took me to church or offered to take me to church, maybe maybe there's more to it than that. Maybe they are a true Christian, not trying to just pat me on the head in the name of Jesus, but mm-hmm. they're wanting to get me long-term help. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, so we're so we're available that we want to be sensitive to that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're hearing the voice of David McNabb and David, I just wanted to to bring this full circle cuz mm-hmm. you had mentioned about uh, when it comes to addiction, it takes kind of our normal Christian worldview and kind of turns it upside down a little bit just because addiction changes things about the way that we can actually reach out to somebody and truly show that we love them by the way that we help. Right. Exactly. Uh, the idea, the, the normal thing that we would do, uh, you know, to uh, to help them financially or or to help them with a meal or something like that, that seems like the most, that's the easiest, that's the least thing that we could do. But in so many cases, while they might appreciate that, ultimately it's going to come back to the fact that we have basically kicked the can a little bit further down the road. We need to look at potentially what is the long-term issue, what is the long-term fix for the for like, excuse the pun, a long-term fix for what they're actually struggling with mentally, uh, spiritually, emotionally, mm-hmm. uh, relationally. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody needs a place to belong. Everybody mm-hmm. needs fellowship. Everybody yeah. needs those things, whether they want to admit it or not. Uh, mm-hmm. The baddest of the bad amongst us needs to be loved. And we find that in so many cases, there are folks that come in from jail. Uh, they come in with attitude and everything that comes along with it. And they find themselves after a period of time going, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. These people are trying to love me. Mm-hmm. This is the thing I've never had. You know, this is the mentality I've had since I was a, I've a, I've been a, I was a kid. I'm in jail for half my life and they find out you know they find out un, you know unconditional love resources that we hand them freely and uh, so we see some tremendous things take place from those that uh, you know were hopelessly lost as we say mm. so. Amen.